Al-Bayan Radio presents the following lesson from Masjid Al-Azhar, Bilmo. Presented by Sheikh Muhammad Duar. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillah. Wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man ihtada bihuda amma ba'd. My dearly respected brothers and sisters, we continue tonight with our short series regarding the messengers of Allah Azza wa Jal and their tasks. And in our previous lesson on this topic, we began discussing some of the tasks of the Anbiya and the Rusul. And from them was proclaiming or announcing the revelation which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent down to them. Today we take another which is similar to the last one, and that is calling the people to Allah azza wa jal. And there is a slight difference between the anbiya and the rusul being ordered to make apparent the ayat of Allah azza wa jal, and then the command to call others to Allah. And this was a task of the messengers. They were ordered to call their people to the worship of Allah Azza wa Jal and to abstain from shirk. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam just like every other messenger, he was sent in order to call the people. And what was the Prophet ﷺ calling to? The exact same thing that every other Prophet and messenger called to. And that is Tawheed of Allah Azza wa Jal. And to abstain from shirk. Every Prophet and messenger called their people to this. And Allah Azza wa Jal affirms this in the Qur'an. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَقَدْ بَعَثْنَا فِي كُلِّ أُمَّةٍ رَسُولًا أَنِعْبُضُ اللَّهَ وَاجْتَنِبُ الطَّاغُوتِ Allah Azza wa Jal, He says in the ayah, Verily, we sent to every nation, every ummah. So there is not a single ummah that was left in the dark. وَلَقَدْ بَعَثْنَا فِي كُلِّ أُمَّةٍ We sent to every nation Rasula, a messenger, proclaiming to the people what? أَنِعْبُضُ اللَّهِ جَزَاكَ اللَّهُ خَيْرًا يَا عُثْمَانِ أَنِعْبُضُ اللَّهِ Worship Allah and stay away, abstain from Taghut. Worship Allah and stay away from Taghut. Allah says we send every nation a Rasul calling to this. And that is the essence of Islam. To worship Allah and to stay away from Taghut. And Taghut, my brothers and sisters, as the people of knowledge have mentioned, is everything that is worshipped besides Allah Azza wa Jal. Everything that is worshipped besides Allah Azza wa Jal is considered a taghut. But when it comes to the human taghut, there is a condition. And it is that they are pleased with it. That they are 
pleased with being worshipped. So the one that is worshipped is happy to be worshipped. Because the ulama put that condition, because there are some of mankind who are worshipped, but they refuse and reject this worship. Like the Prophet Isa alayhi salam. We know the Prophet Isa alayhi salam is worshipped by the Nasara. And there's no doubt that Isa alayhi salam rejected this and he rejects it. And he will reject it. Uh, this does not make him, wal'iyadu billah, part of the categories of the Tawaqeet. And the same thing with the likes of Ali ibn Abi Talib radiyallahu anhu, with the Rafida, the Shia who worship him. And Al-Husayn radiyallahu ta'ala anhum and Ahlul Bayt in general. The taghut from the human is like Fir'aun. He likes to be worshipped. Yeah? And he's accepting of it. He doesn't mind it. So every prophet and messenger came with this risala. To worship Allah alone and to stay away from taghut. And that's the meaning of la ilaha illallah. When you say la ilaha, there is no deity worthy of worship. You've rejected every god. Illallah. Except Allah, the one worthy of worship. Yeah? And this is the essence of our deen. So every prophet and messenger came calling the people to that. And that was one of the tasks, if not the main task of the anbiya. Warusul. And they were commanded, and mankind is commanded to obey the prophets and the messengers. As Allah Azza wa Jal says, فَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ وَأَطِيعُونَ Yeah, so fear Allah and obey me, meaning the messenger. So the messenger was ordered to call the people and the people were ordered to obey him. And regarding our prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, on this point, there is a hadith found in Bukhari, and it's an amazing hadith. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said in the hadith, he said, I saw in my dream, and we know that the dreams of the Rusul is haq. The prophets and the messengers, their dreams are truth. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, I saw in my dream the angel Jibreel alayhi salam and the angel Mikail. He said, I saw Jibreel السلام, near my head and I saw the angel Mikael by my feet. So one standing at each end of Rasulullah. He said, Then one of them says to his companion, يعني, one of them said to the other, one of the angels, and who are these two angels, Ya Ikhwa? They are the greatest Rusul and, and they are the greatest Malaika. The greatest angels are Jibreel and Mikail and Israfil alayhim salam. They are the best of them. So one of them said to the other one, Give an example of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Yani give an example about this man. So the other one replied and he said, Listen, O Muhammad. He wants the Prophet ﷺ to listen. May you ease he by giving audience and think. May your heart understand. May your heart 
understand that the example of you and your ummah is that of a king. Look, the angel is now teaching Rasulullah the example about him. He's telling the Prophet your example is just like a king who acquired for himself a piece of land. A king, he got himself a piece of land. He said, and on that land, he built a house. The king built a house on that land. And he furnished it with a dining place. The king, he built a beautiful house on this land. And then he furnished the house with a dining place, a place where you eat. Then the king sent a messenger to invite people to come eat the food. The king, he then sent a messenger of his to call the people to invite them to come and feast, to eat. Some of them accepted the invitation. Some of the people accepted the king's invitation and others turned it down. Then the angel said to the Prophet ﷺ, Verily the king is Allah. In this story, the king is Allah. And the land is Islam. And the house built by the king is Jannah. And the house is Jannah. And you, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, are the messenger that was sent to invite the people. Look at this example, subhanAllah. A king with a land, with a house that gives you food, gives you life. And a messenger that went to call the people on behalf of the king to come eat, to enjoy themselves. Some of them answered the messenger and some rejected. And that is the example of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They then said to him, whoever responds to you, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he will enter Islam. He will come to that land. And whoever enters Islam will enter Jannah. Whoever enters the land enters the house. And whoever enters Jannah will eat from what is in it. What an amazing hadith. And that is the example of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So one of the tasks of the messengers is calling and inviting others to the deen of Allah. That's why Allah sent them. Also from their tasks, as Allah mentions in the Quran, is to bring glad tidings and to warn. So the messengers, part of their task was to what? Bring glad tidings, give people the glad tidings, meaning the good news of paradise, Allah's mercy, uh, Allah's reward. But they were also warners. They warned people and mankind from Allah's anger and His punishment. And hellfire. That's why when you look at the Quran al-Kareem, you will find the Quran is filled with both. 
It speaks about reward and it speaks about punishment. It gives glad tidings and it also gives warnings. It speaks about Jannah, it speaks about Hellfire. And that was the way of the Anbiya and the Rusul. They came to give glad tidings and to warn. What did Allah Azza wa Jal say about them? وَمَا نُرْسِلُ الْمُرْسَلِينَ إِلَّا مُبَشِّرِينَ وَمُنْذِرِينَ We did not send the messengers except as bearers of good news, مُبَشِّرِينَ They bring good news and as warners. And that's why you as a Muslim, this is your lifestyle. You worship Allah with both the glad tidings and the warnings. The glad tidings bring hope. The warnings bring fear. And the mu'min needs both. The believer needs both hope and fear. You cannot worship Allah with one and not the other. Otherwise it leads to misguidance. There are sects that came out because of this. They worshipped Allah with one and not the other. Like the khawarij. What made the khawarij the khawarij? They worshipped Allah with fear and no hope. That's why they believe whoever dies on major sins is in hellfire forever. They've lost all hope in Allah's mercy. Then you have the murji'ah. Too much hope, no fear. They say iman is in the heart. No matter what you do, as long as you believe in the heart, you're going to paradise. Two extremes. For the mu'min, the Muslim... Upon truth, he worships Allah with both. He has hope in Allah and he has fear of Allah. Okay? Otherwise, why would Allah mention both things in the Quran? Why didn't Allah only speak about paradise? Why did he speak about hellfire as well? So that you can have that balance of hope and fear. And in regards to this glad tidings and warnings, the Prophet ﷺ gave an example about himself. The first example was from the Malaika in the dream. Now the Prophet ﷺ gives an example about himself. In the hadith he says the example of me and the risala, the message which Allah sent me, is like that of a man who came to some people. So the Prophet ﷺ is saying, my example with the message that Allah gave me is like a man that came to a group of people. And he said to them, I have seen the enemy forces with my own eyes and I am a naked warner to you. Again, Nabi ﷺ is saying, I am just like a man who came to a group of people and is warning them. That I have seen the enemy with my eyes and I am here as a naked warner to you. Why did he use the word naked warner? Because in the time of the Arab, if someone ever witnessed harm like an enemy that was coming to attack, he will go to his people in a state of nakedness. Why? To bring their attention that there's something big coming. So that they can quickly gather. 
It doesn't mean that the Nabi Sallam and Prophet Sallam never done that, but it was just a figure of speech that he used. But back in the time of the Arab, yes, if you're in a town and one person saw the enemy behind the mountains, he wants to warn his people. How would he warn them? He'll go out to them naked because that'll bring their attention. It's just a practice that they used to do. For here, the Nabi is referring to the man, saying, he saw the enemy and then he said to his people, I am a naked warner to you. So save yourselves, save yourselves. He then continued and said, a group of his people, this man that's warning his nation, his people from the enemy, a group of them obeyed him and they went out at night slowly and they were safe. They listened to the warner. They took his advice. So they made it out at night slowly, but they were safe. He said, while another group belied him, and they stayed in their place until the morning, they ignored the warner, the messenger. So they stayed in their place until the morning, until the army ran them and destroyed them. He said, such is the example of those who obey me and follow what I brought, meaning the message, and of those who disobey me and belie the truth which I have brought. In other words, an Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is teaching us, whoever listens to my warning and obeys me will be saved. And whoever rejects it will be destroyed just like the army destroyed the people that didn't listen to their messenger. And this is a beautiful example that the Prophet ﷺ has given. And the glad tidings and the warnings brought by the messenger ﷺ are two types. When the Prophet ﷺ gave glad tidings and warnings, they're of two types. They're glad tidings of the dunya and the akhirah. And they are warnings in the dunya and the akhirah. So the glad tidings and the warnings, my brothers and sisters, are not limited to the akhirah only. The glad tidings and the warnings are both for the dunya and the akhirah. As Allah Azza wa Jal says in the verse, whoever performs amal salih, Whoever does righteous actions, whether he is a male or a female, and is a true believer, verily to him we will give a good life. Look, Allah says, Hayatan tayyiba. Haya means life, dunya. This is proof that you worshipping Allah is not only going to help you in your next life, it helps you in your worldly life as well. And whoever disobeys Allah will not only be punished in the akhirah, but he will taste the bitterness in this world as well. Many people, doors of the dunya close on them because they have little or no relationship with Allah. And this is a fact. 
And Allah Azza wa Jal also says in the Quran, فَمَنِ اتَّبَعَ هُدَايَ فَلَا يَضِلُّ وَلَا يَشْقَى Whoever follows my guidance, meaning the guidance of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he will not go astray, nor will he fall into distress or misery. Whoever follows my guidance will not go astray, that's related to your akhirah. Nor will he fall into distress and misery, that's regarding the dunya. So your deen, my dear brothers, it is all benefit and it is all khair and it is all barakah in your life of this world and the next life. Some people think in order to have a good life in this world, you need to keep religion away. This is shaitan's يعني, deception on Bani Adam. Bil'aks, once you distance from Allah, you live a miserable life in the dunya before the next life. As Allah Azza wa Jal says, whoever turns away from my remembrance, he will live a depressing life. He will have a depressing life. But the deen is never a problem. The deen is always the solution. It is always the solution. And Allah Azza wa Jal is merciful and just in his reward as well as in his punishment. When Allah rewards, it's from his rahmah, his mercy. And when Allah punishes, it's from his justice. Because Allah never oppresses. Oppression is haram on Allah. He said it himself. He said, oh my slaves, I have made oppression haram on myself. And I have made it between you haram, so do not oppress one another. Can anyone make something haram to Allah? No one. No one. Can anyone force Allah to do anything? No one. But from how much Allah dislikes oppression, vulm, he made it haram on himself. Meaning he promised that he will never oppress. And that's why he does not accept it for Bani Adam either. So we should always be cautious not to fall into oppression. Whether it's oppressing ourselves, oppressing our family, or oppressing others. Oppression is haram. So when Allah rewards, it's from his mercy. Allah Azza wa Jal says, if they turn away, O Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, then say to them, I have warned you of a sa'iqa, which is a destructive cry, a loud scream, like the sa'iqa which overtook Ad and Thamud. Allah says to the Prophet if they reject, then give them that warning. And for the hereafter, the messengers السلام, brought glad tidings to the obedient ones. 
ومن يطع الله ورسوله يدخله جنات تجري من تحتها الانهار and whoever obeys Allah and his messenger will be admitted into gardens under which rivers flow and for those who disobey the messengers bring them the saying of Allah ومن يعص الله ورسوله ويتعدى حدوده يدخله نارا خالدا فيها وله عذاب مهين look Allah says whoever obeys the messenger so that's the glad tiding and then in the same verses whoever disobeys the messenger that's the warnings so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he addresses both and this is to keep us in line it's to keep us in line. And the glad tidings and the warnings that are brought by the messengers are key elements which influence the soul. Because naturally the soul, it aspires for what is good. When you hear the verses of Rahmah and Jannah, your soul naturally, it wants to achieve that. And... It likes to keep away evil. The soul by nature likes to avoid harmful things. So the messengers, they enlighten the human soul by informing about the great good that you achieve by obeying Allah. And they allow the soul to ward off evil by mentioning the warnings. But the, the, the glad tidings and the warnings, it's perfect for our souls. Wallahi. Because we need it. Can you imagine that the Quran only spoke about Jannah? People will become very lenient. They'll become very soft in their religion. Because there's no fear. And imagine the Quran only spoke about hellfire. People lose hope. Though everyone will think they're doomed. But look how beautiful Allah's speech is. He balanced both for us. In order to keep us in line. And the Quran is filled with these types of examples. The fourth task of the Anbiya is purifying the soul. They were sent for the purpose of what? For our souls to be purified. And inshallah, this mas'ala we will take in our next lesson bi idhnillahi ta'ala. Wallahu a'lam wa sallallahu wa sallam wa barak ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam.